All right, guys, a heated debate here in the city of Boston. Will beer gardens be a thing of the past, Mo? We'll find out after the song. Nah, but I heard it on a podcast. What you know about craft beer? You were drinking Bud Lights last year. But I heard it on a podcast. Nah, but I heard it on a podcast. What you know about craft beer? You were drinking Bud Lights last year. I don't want to showboat. But I gotta go, bro. Got a cooler in the cellar full of trillion beers. Yeah, I'm talking a boatload. Never in a million years. Would I ever drink a Michelob? Oh no, they might have brewed this beer from elephant feces. Hmm, what an elegant species. And you better get me, please. Another weird beer. Make it real clear. Noob said to have it. Smooth on the palate, but super hoppy. The ABV turned loose to choppy. The way we drink is a little bit reckless. Yes, but I never left Ben's when he cracking open the cold one from the vault wall to wall. Don't spill at all. You're listening to the new podcast. If you like to wait two hours for one growler, you come to the right place. We love it. And if you need someone to mew your beers, Mo's wife will do it with a baby in her stomach. Now that's commitment, and that's the difference between Ben, Mo, and you. So up your vocabulary and grab a beer, because this is noobed. Correct. Noob. This is noob. This is noob. This is noob. All right, we are back with noobed. Uh, three awesome guys talking about beer here i'm your host boston beer benny to my left moses malone to my right mikey vip Vieira. he is the new dr dirish because he's he's similar in physical stature right uh but you know i mean he's here and he he knows beer he knows not he just knows beer beer right. in general we'll leave it at that yeah, yeah. just leave it yeah leave it broad <laughs> yeah yeah. So Jack of a, all beers, master of none. <laughs> exactly. Ooh, I like that. So we have an interesting episode for you today. We have some beer law. We are the number one beer law podcast on iTunes. We've said that time and time again. Yep. Today we'll dive into a little bit more beer law. Uh, we also have some uh, reports out of the Best of Craft Beer Awards, which was exciting stuff. Okay. Just happened a couple weeks ago, and the entrants have come in. <clears throat> and I have a couple questions to pitch to you as far as that. We'll end it as always with Shelf of the Week. And we are rolling. So we'll start with the <laughs> Best in Craft Beer Awards. Uh, I'll start it off with a statement and I will end this with a question. So Great Notion, a beer that we've talked about a lot of times. We talked about them at IPA Fest. For sure. We got to try them at Extreme Beer Fest. They make fantastic stuff. They won the gold for Juicy or Hazy IPA um, out of 97 entries. And uh, they won for their beer. Damn, I didn't write down the name of the beer. I'm, I'm sorry about that, but they won for their beer. So congratulations to Great Notion. The only beer that won a medal out of our area, mm. out of New England, was Sam Adams uh, for their Stony Brook Red and the Belgian-style Flanders Ode Bruin or Ode Red Ale. They won silver out of 11 entries, Mo. Um, my statement is congratulations to Great Notion. They make great stuff. If you can ever get your hands on their Blueberry Muffin, their Double Stack, or their IPA that won this award that I don't know the name of because I'm an unprepared host of a podcast, do that. But my question is, why is New England underrepresented in a contest like this? 
especially for juicy and hazy IPAs, which we made the style famous. I, I think it's because they just people don't care. I about mean, the breweries awards. don't care about the awards, I Isn't think. Isn't that strange? Is it, though? Yeah, it's strange. I mean, think about music. Everyone wants to win a Grammy. Actors all want to win Oscars. Why wouldn't a brewery want to win a brewery award? Uh, because I think in this instance, um, winning an award in, in beer in like for a certain style or whatever literally has nothing to do with the quality of beer that you're making at your brewery. I mean, it just goes to show, like, Sam Adams winning awards at these brew fests. Like, I mean, come on. There's 50 breweries within 50 miles of us that brew better beer than Sam Adams. Sure. So, it, it, it's just not worth their time. It's not worth their effort. It doesn't get them anything. But my question is, okay, so Sam Adams, you referenced Sam Adams. The only medal they won was in an extremely rare style, a Flanders mm-hmm. style or a, or a brewing style. Yep. Um they didn't even place. They probably didn't enter the IPA contest. Probably not. So we have an opinion in New England that our IPAs are the best. We came up with the New England IPA. Yep. We probably started the juicy and hazy IPA trend across the country and even came up with this category. Yet we're not represented in the top three that I know of. I only saw the winners. Didn't mm-hmm. see the entrance. And uh, my thought is maybe to the advanced palate that our beer that we find so good is not as good as we think. What do you think about that? No, I think it is. It is as good as we think. Just unfortunately, I think it's just not worth their time. I mean, I don't know if I can come up with a better reason than that. It's just why? Why would you represent yourself at this level why would you why would you go about it and brew a beer for this purpose i i don't know i just don't see what it gets you what do you got the the only thing i could actually say is uh you talked about the oscars and the grammys you know those are nationally televised award shows sure what what was the name of this award again this was the best of craft beer awards I can't speak to the validity and 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 the stature of this award. Yeah, I would assume that that would be an award, but I had never heard of it. Yeah. And I wouldn't, you know, nobody knows about this. Sure. Outside of, you know, people that, like, so for me, like I said, jack of all beers, master of none, I'm on the fringe here where you guys, you know, give me good beers to try and I'll give them a shot and I'll go with you on sporadic trips to uh you know different breweries in massachusetts or in new england but at the same time i'm not going out of my way to go um to these different breweries in different places sure so for me i i would have never known that they would even had a like a national was this national yeah this is or a world beer this is everybody yeah it should be world um i I never knew that existed so so my other question is you know the way we consider the the rankings of world beers you know best in the world is we go off beer advocate uh rankings you know a very trusted source but mainly crowdsourced you know the novice palette can vote the advanced palette can vote and Mm -hmm. basically the advanced palette counts as much as the novice palate in in the grand scheme of things is that where we that that's the only thing i mean as to our beer is not as good as 
uh, as we think they are. Because the advanced palette, who has been at these beer fests for years, are looking at old world styles. They're looking at traditional brewing styles. And they are, they are convinced that New England and Juicy IPA, it was only added to a, to a style this year. Yeah, very recently. So uh, do they still look down at it and say that, you know, it's basically a lazy form of, of brewing beer or um, an unsophisticated way of brewing beer is probably a better way to say that? Maybe. I'm, I'm looking through some of the contestants now in the name of the uh, Great Notion beer that you were talking about is mm-hmm. Juice Invader. Juice Invader. There you yep. go. I knew that too. Um, so they know. won gold in the category juicy or hazy IPA. Yeah. So it looks to me like there were juicy or hazy IPA. Um, Moonraker in Auburn, California. I mean, these are breweries I've never heard of before, mm-hmm. other than Great Notion, Stormbreaker, Lead Dog, Urban South, Liquid Mechanics. Nobody even remotely close to us. Yeah. I I don't know. I think, I think maybe it's just not, not a big enough style where they have enough entrance where maybe it makes sense for somebody like Proclamation or Trillium or Treehouse or something like that to actually throw their hat in the ring. I mean, I I guess for like somebody like Sam Adams, they can boast about it on a commercial or something. But mm-hmm. I mean, for somebody like proclamation like what are they really going to do i mean that's the thing is why wouldn't treehouse just throw their name in the in the ring dominate the style and just be like we've won 15 consecutive juicy ipa don't you have more to lose than you have to win sure i mean that's the other side of the coin sure i mean do you all right but that goes back to my point is it not as good as we think it is Mm. i would i would wonder are these are, these must be blind tastes that they're doing, right? I'm, yeah, I would guess. Like it can't possibly be like this is Treehouse no, is tri- uh, Julius in front of us. I'm know? not like, gonna say that this contest is anything but fair because I believe it. It probably is very yeah. fair. I mean, I have no indication that it's not fair. Um, I mean, I guess that would be my concern. Like yeah. if somebody knows that a Treehouse beer is in front of them or a Trillium beer is in front of them, they'll. They'll grade it differently based on that, and yeah. maybe grade it more harshly, harshly or exactly. you know, harshly more, is probably what I would say. Yeah, I, I can't imagine a lot of these breweries. I mean, a lot of these judges would be like, "Oh yeah, Treehouse," like, "Oh yeah, that's totally gonna win this style." Of, this is a five all day, or this is a ten. So yeah, I think so, they would probably be harsher. I guess that's kind of a light, light opener, you know, that I, that I wanted to bring up because I saw it and I read it and I. Right away, I was like, wow, that's great for Great Notion. And they make fantastic stuff. I have no doubt that they deserved every every ounce of that award. But I just thought, you know, I searched for by location for winners. And I saw Boston. And I was like, there's nothing. Providence, nothing. I searched a bunch of Massachusetts towns. I got nothing. And I was like, what is going on here? Like, these, you know, now now we're too good to throw our name in the ring for, for any awards. So... Uh, that's something, you know, to, to take a look at. Best of Craft Beer Awards. Again, congratulations to Great Notion. We've had a, a blast on that. Mo, late-breaking news? Late-breaking news. We do have another Massachusetts brewery. Uh, I knew you'd make me proud, Mo. Yep, who did some things. 
We've talked about him on the podcast many, many times before. Jack Savvy? Jack Savvy, yeah. dude. Yeah, see, they are the type that would... Yep, <laughs> they, and they would 100% do this because they're into the lagers. That's really old world style yep. of beer. So Jack Savvy uh, won a gold medal in gold. Munich style Hellas. I love it. Hellas um, For their house lager. Awesome. And also, also a favorite beer of yours, I would say. I love it. Well, From Jack's Abbey. Okay. Any... Harponius Union? Nope. Oh, I love that beer. Only because you goofed this one one oh, time. Oh, Framingham. The Framingham. I love that beer. The Baltic Style Porter. Love Baltic Porter. Won a silver medal so in Baltic Style Porters. Again, underprepared host of the show. Doesn't know anything he's talking about. That's the real headline here. We'll start with that. Under- but those are the two breweries that in Massachusetts that... That won anything. Yeah, Sam Adams, Sam right. Adams, and Jack's Abbey. And let me just check real quick. Good for Jack's Abbey. You know, there was me. nothing from Rhode Island. Yeah. Um, Maybe I was Maine? searching the wrong city. Nothing from Maine. That's crazy to me. Maine's the best. Nothing from Vermont. Yeah, nothing even close to us. So, so. we can post the winners of the Best of Craft Beer Awards in the group, Facebook yep. group, N-E-W-B-D, New England Weekly Beer Discussion. Search it, look it up, get in the conversation. You can talk to Mike VIP himself in that group, and mm-hmm. he'll answer any question you have about any anything related to beer. He's, yeah. a, he's a wealth of knowledge. Yep. He can be reached also via text message. Uh, <laughs> 50- no. No. No, I don't do that. That would have been very impressive if you knew his number. No, I don't know that one off the top of my head. I only know a couple. 555-2424. So we come to the main event here uh, of this show, and it is it is beer law. It is something that we are known nationwide for, perhaps even internationally wide for. I think, yeah, we just went international. Yeah. Uh, we won again the best beer law podcast in the podcast awards gold medal yep. which we are not too big to throw our hat in the ring by the way I'll just say that uh, and this is a backlash on beer gardens in the in the Boston area and it's not just Boston it, this is actually popping up all across the country because beer gardens are becoming more and more popular Mo um, and the if you don't know what a beer garden is uh, you should you should go out more first off. Yeah. But then secondly, it's a way for you to drink beer outside. Read a book. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I read it in a book. <laughs> um, but Mo, what is this article talking about? Do you have it up in front of you? Yeah. So what I grabbed from this. Okay. Because we do have a different viewpoint of. Yeah. This. So okay. first and foremost, I I was curious honestly when these things started popping up, and obviously like the prominent ones that. Um, that have opened up beer gardens. I mean, Trillium's the one that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. That's like the first one. Notch did one as well. Um, I mean, there were a bunch. There was an article that I think I referenced at one point on the podcast where there were like five or six different Mm -hmm. ones. And it's like, it's hard to keep up with them because it was a trend and it it is still currently a trend. Um, I was curious as to how they were getting licensing for this. Yeah. Because I didn't really understand like how you can just operate a business willy-nilly it seemed outside in a park whatever whatever serve beer and really not be held to any kind of standards that would normally be held for a bar or a restaurant or a brewery Mm -hmm. um so come to find out they were actually and and from what i understand they were getting one day licenses uh the breweries were going to the city or town where they were getting mostly cities and getting one day permits for their uh, for their beer gardens 
Now, they're uh, limited by the state of Massachusetts to only get 14 of these in a given year. Um, but the way around it... Um, no, sorry. The new bill would be 14 licenses. New bill, yeah. The, the old one was 30. So they could get 30 licenses, but if you sent different people to get the licenses, as long as you had them in different names, you could get you know as many as, as you wanted. Mm-hmm. So these breweries were operating on one-day licenses held by Joe Schmo, Peter McGillicuddy, Joanne's whatever. Okay. So, yeah, and apparently that was fine, uh, but now restaurants are kind of kicking back because restaurants are probably, I would have to guess, losing business because of this yeah and they don't think it's fair so here's my two cents on the subject and the way i interpreted the article go we all have different interpretations of the lava yeah uh so you are correct about them getting a one-day license to operate the facility uh one-day licenses to my knowledge in surrounding states i'm not sure exactly what it is in massachusetts but it allows you to operate and pour alcohol for a certain duration of time. Sure. Um, what I, the loophole that I'm familiar of with this art, with this actual licensing, and the way this works, because it was happening in Philadelphia too. Okay. And I'll reference a different article from that. Nice, I like that. But what they were doing was they would open and get the brewery license for 30 days from the state to operate a beer garden on the one-day pours, and they'd get like a five-hour stint or something like okay. that. And then they would partner with a catering service. Okay, the reason why one-day pour licenses are even possible is for and this catering. Is, this is where I was going with that. Because they yeah. deal with weddings and things yep. like that in a different 30-day period. And, uh, you and know, you might they be, might only have a couple weddings. Yeah. Or, you know. And you might only need to serve beer and wine at that place for that one day. Exactly. exactly. It could be a tennis court. It could be a... A yeah. park, and you whatever. get a one-day license for the summer, say, and yeah. every every wedding is covered under that. That's sure. why it's thirty days. Yep. So they would partner with a catering company and buy up the excess, and kick kick back, you know, put their name on it, and maybe kick them a little bit of money ah, on this. That's okay. what I understand was happening. And in Philadelphia, they were even doing; they were open ten hours a day because they could do five hours on the brewery's license, five hours on the caterer's license. And they wow. would just be open, you know, no overhead at all. Right. And just bring kegs outside, yeah. ice them down, and, and pour beer. And that's the way that I f- heard the loophole. That is, I, like, the definition of a loophole. Yeah, yeah, and I think, like, that's why it's a little bit shady. I mean, it's obviously shady. We know that, obviously. Yeah, it I, wouldn't be addressed. I thought it was shady before I even knew that. Yeah. So, so that's what I believe to be happening. And now what I think is happening here is surrounding businesses that are seeing everyone, you know, poach their business, essentially, from yep. coming into beer, is saying, hey, you know what? I want my piece of that pie, and, and they're trying to shut them down. And what it's really going to hurt is caterers that, who do weddings, and they actually do it by the book, unless yep. they make a separate license. They're um, pro- they're, I mean, first and foremost, there needs to be a separate license absolutely for be. places operating. And it, it should be something like an outdoor-only yeah. type venue or something mm-hmm. where you have to register. And it, should have to, it shouldn't be traveling. It should be at a set location. Mm-hmm. So, like, if your location is Park Street West, that, that's, the, that's the corner or yeah. park or whatever that you operate at like you almost have an address like you're creating 
a brick and mortar sure. with if just you, like air as like your walls. You if know you I mean? had like, exclusive catering rights to a certain venue. Exactly. You would It'd get be no different than the Century sure. House or exactly. like having like I can serve there because mm-hmm. I have a license to serve there. It should be the same for, for a brewery or a bar should be able to do it too. I mean, why not? Yeah. Well, if a bar can get the license and they have the money and the staff to do it, why can't they serve beer in a park across town? Sure. I mean, I, mean, I, I wouldn't have a problem with that. Here's something I think about is, remember back in, a, I'm going to sound like a super beer snob here, but back in Monson at Treehouse, uh, and they do, the, they do the single day pours on three-day weekends. Right. Like, we cracked that code, right? Yep. So they probably had a single day license. They tried to ration it. They obviously didn't abuse it. They just did it on three-day weekends and did pours to the best of their ability. Yeah. They didn't loophole it at all. And they did it the way the license was intended to be used. Right. And then Trillium, not saying it's wrong, they found a loophole. They did it wisely. And they exploited it for, for what they could get, which is a beer garden in the middle of City Hall. And I don't know how they got that space either. I mean, that no, has to that be approved by no, the city too. I have no clue. But the other thing I read from this... Um, from the one-day permit is the standards are so low. Like, you only need to have a certain number of glassware. You're adhered to, like, walls. There has to be boundaries, which can be, like, cones and rope. It can be, like, pallet walls, like we see sometimes mm-hmm. downtown here. Um, the the Even the number of uh, employees there was, like, so low that this, this license really was kind of a goo. It's kind of one of those old laws that just got grandfathered in. What do you guys... I think my main issue is, like, there's no governing of that. Yeah. Like, it's not the same as with a restaurant or a bar. Maybe maybe it's just so dumb as that it's it has no walls, but there's no... There's no anybody can walk in and get a beer. I mean, yeah, you're probably carding people, and you're yeah. uh, hopefully at least holding those standards to be. I I would think that's the case. Yeah, but you're they're, they're very much less responsible for keeping track of how many beers somebody drinks. Mm-hmm. You're you're seemingly like people are walking up to you, so you don't seem to hold that same responsibility for over serving somebody because they're they're not driving like they live in the city they're taking the bus mm. or yeah i mean even though somebody's not driving you still can't over serve them yeah it's yeah, just I, it's I would, irresponsible I mean, um i don't know it just seems but really what's at risk your one day license you know like that, that's what i that, mean like there's so no repercussions then yeah that's way different than being held. Oh, like, take away my license that's fine i'll be back tomorrow with my buddy who yeah washes dishes for the brewery he's going to come in and get a license and yeah see with the naming cool. part i'm not sure if it's if it's company name or if it's actual employee yeah name. i don't know um but that's that's the problem that they're facing in philadelphia because philadelphia is going through the same thing true that we're going through right now and not i'm not saying trillium did anything wrong they found a weakness they exploited it and they used it to their advantage yeah. and i really based on how how difficult it is to get liquor licenses in the state of Massachusetts. This is a smart play. And I'm assuming they got one for the substation as well. I would hope so. I don't know what... what yeah, I don't even know... Because like, that was just a seasonal thing too. Yeah, that was like a fall and winter thing, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so they must have been like exploiting that as well. Maybe. With a different, or like, maybe they got location. a legit license for that since that is an actual building. Could be. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, know. I don't know. I never, I never went. I never. 
I don't know much don't about know that, that to be honest. But, and so the other thing I wanted to ask too is, how do you think this this um, plays into something like a trillion field trip um, fest? You know, with the the licensing. Do you think they use that same license? Do you think they get a different like festival license for that? I or think you, I think a think festival license is. I would guess thing. that that's got to be a different type of license. Yeah, to pour because like, you're not pouring like full pours. people or something. And you're not pouring full pours, so I think that probably is different. Mm-hmm. Maybe a lesser license. I might have a unique perspective on this. Ooh, Please you get in here, guy. What do you got um, from the city? Uh, well, what city it is, we, we're not sure. Um, but I have worked for a city in the past, and uh, <laughs> yes, no, the festival permits are 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 purchased separately. Okay. So okay. whoever's running the festival will purchase the permit, and then they can get whoever they want to show up. Do you have any details on the festival uh, permit at all? What it what it is? What it? No, unfortunately, to? I didn't work in that area. All okay. I heard all I heard were the uh, the residents and the uh, the companies that would come in to inquire about those, and I'd hear just varying little details about. Oh yeah, you want to rent out? Now I know there's a festival at. Um, in the south end of New Bedford. Mm-hmm. There you go. Worked for the city of New Bedford. And um, I knew you were gonna I knew you were gonna blow that. <laughs> That's okay. It doesn't matter. And uh, you know, they would come in and talk about that permit. So it was a um, it was basically where you wanted to hold it, when you wanted to hold it, How are we gonna have, you know, like can we do it? Okay. Yeah, as long as the as long as the uh, the date wasn't taken or the venue wasn't taken, it was basically Okay, you're in charge. Interesting. Um, but all, all, the, all the shit falls on you. Interesting. So what I was thinking as you guys were talking about this topic was um, the people that go and sign up for these permits, are they registering themselves individually or is it registered to like a, like a corporation or anything like that? Because if these people are putting their names on mm. these permits risking, individually risking I think they're all. assuming all the responsibility yeah. but I, yeah. I, I can't be I can't be 100% sure on that. when it comes to a restaurant license um, if your name is on the license you are personally responsible and if something God forbid something really bad happens and somebody leaves and causes a ton of damage if you're working for a limited liability corporation you might actually be liable yourself to some degree and as far as that goes we are the number one beer law podcast yes not super familiar with how liability Liability. insurance and liability law and things like that i'm not well versed in that yeah um but i do know like just putting your name on a license in general makes you responsible for at the very least upholding that license and if you're not doing that you can be held responsible to some degree so I have never put my name on a liquor license. Yeah, I, I would hope not. No, <laughs> any of the restaurants I worked with, I never put my name on them. Um, I was approached yeah. to do that, okay, and I declined um, because I didn't fully understand what it meant. I just had preconceived notions of what it probably meant, and it yeah. was like, nah, I just don't. I don't want to do that. Now, here's a separate question, yep. maybe not related to the podcast at all. If you had put your name on a liquor license and something were to happen, would you still own that liquor license for yourself? And you could take that and start a new start a new facility with idea. said liquor license. Um, 
Interesting. You know, Something just, to think about. I'm finding loopholes. Loopholes. This is a loophole That's podcast. what it is. It's a yeah. loophole podcast. We're all about loopholes. Yeah. Yeah. Got to find we're, them. We're going loophole inside a loophole inside a loophole. So that's some unique like the inception of loopholes into a festival uh, <laughs> festival certificate, a one day uh, beer license mm. certificate. Also, have you ever been to any of the Trillium Beer Gardens at all? Uh, no, actually, no. I'm wondering specifically about facilities at a, at a beer garden. If you were to hold a beer garden in the middle of City Hall Plaza, say, where would somebody use the uh, use the facilities while you're at the uh, at the venue? Do they have to rent pro- probably a porta potty or, or something like that? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you never been. I yeah, would assume because I, that's how Oktoberfest is run. Yeah. They probably have yeah, certain, certain that, sanitation that requirements. And yeah, 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 they have a bunch of porta potties there. Yeah. Okay, I'm, so, I'm sure it's like okay, how many people do you expect? I would I expect 250 people. I would. Will uh, you know they they obviously have to make the proper accommodations. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would think if you're serving, there must be a rule of thumb. There has to be certain number ahead. You you need certain number of porta potties. I would think. Um, we can we can dive deeper into this. I can always. I'll yeah. come back to you in a later episode. And- so we'll post this in our Facebook group again, N-E-W-B-D, on Facebook, New England Weekly Beer Discussion. You can join it. Join the discussion. Ask VIP anything pertaining to the city uh, or any one-day permits that you yep. might need. He can also require that. He can answer that. Yeah, any um, questions at all about yeah. the city of New Bedford, obviously. <laughs> just in general. I, I mean, even if you don't live, gonna be yeah, even if you don't live in the city, when was it incorporated? Yeah, any kind of. Who's permit. the first Fishing mayor? Permit. Like, Hunting no. permit. Yeah. Beer permit. Exactly. Driver's license. Yeah. Learning permit. Anything you need. Right. Ask Michael Vieira. City of New Bedford. City of New Bedford noobed Facebook group correspondent. Yeah, he's that. <laughs> Check it out. Uh, and that brings us to the end of the episode, and you know it's a sad moment for all of us, but. It's also a joyous moment because we get right. to embark on a show for the week, which is um, a rite of passage as we've claimed it. And I, you know, this makes me so happy, and I can't really, I can't really put it into words. But there's a new commercial out that I've seen. I believe it's for one. I believe it's for Insure, one of those dietary drinks that okay. you drink there. Where are you going? With and this? they, they actually do. A segment in a commercial where they take a shelfie, which is the bottle itself takes a selfie on the shelf. No way. And I I was so excited because it's victory. It's nationalized victory for us. That a shelfie is definitively a picture of a shelf. And a shelfer is definitively a beer that you would get at at a store. Yeah. So that's it's super exciting. Wow. And I'm gonna post that commercial in the group as well. You should WBA. also post it to the 990 WBOB page. Yeah, I will. We don't have access to I it. Well, no, I. We also might not have a show. We also might not be <laughs> recorded if we do. So, uh, Mo, what is what is this week's noobed shelfer of the week? Brought to you by Noob because nobody wants to sponsor us. Insert sponsor name here. <laughs> um, you're gonna have to tell me if I've done this beer before. So we're gonna. Walk, I'm sure you have. We're gonna walk this weird line yeah. here. Uh, from Shabine Brewing. Oh boy. <laughs> in Walcott, Connecticut. Puffin Puffin Pass? No, you have not done that. You have yes, done a Shabine. I did. Which is also why Connecticut is well represented on this podcast. Yeah, we have done Puff, a Shabine. Go ahead. Okay. Right, Shabine. So this is Puffin Puffin, Puffin Pass. Uh, it's a 6.4% all Citra IPA. 
You know how I like the citrus. I love citra. We had the Thomas Hooker um, double. What was it called? Double double citra. Double dare citra or something like that. Yeah, yeah. We had that one as the shelfer. That uh, was not what it was called, but it was. It was something like that. Like yeah. that. Uh, Some double day player. Yeah, sent to us by uh, a friend of the show, Travis. Um, so I, I didn't intentionally throw another Connecticut beer in there, um, but I have had some things from Shabine um, that I was really a fan of. So this is an all citra version of, of an IPA. Very drinkable, very smooth. It's a 377 on, on Untapped, so it's right at that, you know, that sure. decent beer. I rated it a four personally. Um, definitely a beer that you can find around here at a lot of local liquor stores. Some cool can art. I mean, they got some like puffins like passing a ball around and um, just like that. yeah, pretty cool beer. So definitely go and uh, try to find that if you can. Like so, the play they did a puffin was the bird. Yes, the puffin, and it's so. obviously a play on puff puff pass. So what what does that refer to? I don't get that. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, maybe. Maybe Mr. Vieira can... No, no, no you're talking clue. about the, huh. the devil's lettuce? Yeah, the devil's lettuce. Yeah, I think that's probably <laughs> oh. what it means. Yeah, puff, oh, puff, pass. I see what you said. Those troubled children. Yeah. Mm. Again, any questions? Mike Vieira, new Facebook group, N-E-W-B-D. Right. He can talk to you about puffins. Let me uh, look up his phone number real quick. Um, so that is it for this week on Noob N-E-W-B-D. <laughs> Uh, and we will talk to you guys in the near future. Hope to get back on the radio at some point. We'll never know. We might have our own radio station soon. There's no telling. Breaking news? No. Move. No, but no. maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shit. Life's full of possibilities. Let's do it. We'll talk to you later, guys. See you. Bye. Good night.